This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media. Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today is Brad Piron. Welcome, Brad. Yeah, thanks, Father. It's good to be here. Um, As we begin, Brad, let's start with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just recognize your presence um, this day, um, your presence here in our conversation, your presence throughout the course of the day. We just ask, O Lord, that um, you grant us the humility and the docility that we need to be attentive to you and to to listen to you, um, to recognize your presence that you might um, bring to our mind and to our attention those things um, which we need to know. Um, we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. So, Brad, first of all, what is your official title? Yeah, so I'm the missionary program director at a place called Damascus. We're a community of young adults that serve the youth of the church, mostly in Ohio, but we have young people in our summer camps that come from just about everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so um, Damascus is well-known yeah. and well-loved yeah. throughout the diocese, especially Catholic Youth Summer Camp and mm-hmm. everything like mm-hmm. that. So, And you're... Um, Definitely a familiar face and voice at like the young adult conferences and yeah, things that's like right. that. So. Yeah, it's good to be it's good to be with you today. I think it's been amazing to see the transformation that's happened since my yes at Damascus. Just how I have been able to just take on what the Lord's been calling me to do there, and how that's eventually made its way into the diocese and different things like the young adult conference and all that good stuff. Well, wonderful. Well, Brad, you and I go back um, many many years. We do. Um, even before your days at Damascus. Mm-hmm. And I thought, um, and, and I think some people are probably familiar with your story, mm-hmm. but I think it's good to hear your story again. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, um, and, and in fact, I think I've probably even had you on this show before and you've shared your story, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I do think that um, our conversion stories are kind of testimonies. They do sort of change. Yeah. And it's not as if, life has changed or like our past Mm -hmm. changed, Mm -hmm. but as we become more familiar with who we are and how the Lord's worked in our life, there are are parts of our story that seem to become more significant than maybe what we used to recognize. So so maybe you could share with us how you came to know the Lord. Yeah, I love that, because we begin seeing it through a different lens, right? And I love that these conversations are called conversations on discipleship, because disciple, that word, comes from the word meaning learner. And I think my life has just been a process of learning about the goodness of God, you know? So from a a young age, I was uh, baptized as a baby, cradle Catholic. Oh, oh, actually, it wasn't even a month after I was born that I was baptized at the Easter Vigil. So they knew they had to get me to the baptismal font quickly, Father, you know? uh, Was was that at Holy Redeemer or was it at... It was was at Holy Redeemer in Portsmouth. Yep, that's right. And so, yeah, born and raised in Portsmouth, good Catholic family, mass going on Sunday. We would pray before meals uh, throughout our time. And it was it was a faith that I knew was important, but I didn't have a personal connection that made me feel like it was something that was at the top of the priority list. And in a small town, there's a lot of things that are, uh, I, I don't know, glamorized, right? So I was an athlete from a young age. My mom's side of the family were great athletes. Dad's side of the family were good athletes in their own right as well. Um, my dad's side of the family had a lot of um, business partnerships and things in Portsmouth. So just coming from a family that was well-known in a small area, and we were just Catholic through the 
the lineage. So that was just what we did. And I would say that in high school, I started taking the faith a little more seriously. I had some different uh, experiences in religion class at different retreats that I would say weren't insignificant, but they didn't, uh, I think, take as deep of root as might have been um, possible. And so with that, I would say that the transition to college is really when my story um, significantly changes because you knew me in high school, actually, Father, right as the pastor down in Portsmouth, and um, I, I just, I lived a life one foot in, one foot out. I think so many high schoolers do that nowadays. I think maybe it's been that way forever, but I know a lot of high schoolers nowadays, and I know that's the case. And I would live one foot in, one foot out, where I would go to mass on Sunday, pray before meals, but I would also live a life very much in the world. And then transitioning to college, though, I went from a class of twenty-three at Little Notre Dame High School to a class of seven thousand at Ohio State, so. A little bit of a different experience. And you go from being one of the best athletes in your class, from having some of the best grades in your class, to then going to a class where that's not true, right? And I recognize now that that freshman year was a process of trying to discover what exactly is true. If, if I'm no longer able to put my identity in athletics, if I'm no longer able to put my identity in academics, where does my identity actually come from? And I remember that like vividly now. In, in freshman year, sophomore year, you're trying to find it in all these areas, right? So you're going to the parties on the weekends because that's what everyone's doing. So they must be finding something there, right? And I would go there and I remember thinking to myself the next morning when I would wake up or whenever, I would be like, this, it's not really satisfying me, but maybe I'm just doing it wrong because everyone else just keeps doing it. So maybe I should just keep doing it and I'll figure it out, you know? And eventually I found myself like... Um, rushing like every frat, like just because I wanted to be wanted, right? Like the, the heart of the human person desires to be seen, known, and loved, right? Like desired, like, and I wanted to be desired. So I kept doing that. I, um, have never been one of too few of words. So I would try to just like get myself into all the popular groups by saying the right thing, being a chameleon that kind of like blends into the environment. Right. But long story short, at the end of my freshman year, I had an experience just where I was out partying in the night and then there was some legal trouble that came from it. And I would say that it was one of the first times in my life that I had ever failed, you know? And again, not, not that there hadn't been small failures at times, but one of the first times where there's no real win I could find in it, right? It was like, this is just a net failure. And I think at that particular juncture, I started asking myself, what am I doing and where am I going? And Shortly thereafter, by the grace of God, I come back from my sophomore year and someone finds me on campus wearing a cross necklace and they see me wearing a cross necklace and they begin following me down high street. And if you know the campus at Ohio State well enough, having someone follow you down high street isn't exactly, uh, I don't know, the most comforting thing. And so they were following me for a block and then two blocks. And then finally, I decided to turn around and kind of confront the guy that was following me. And as I turn around, I'm greeted with like the most authentic smile you've ever seen. And it was one of those that like disarm you. It's like, Okay. So in my heart, I'm like, this is kind of bizarre, but the guy just like spoke with such authenticity. He was like, Hey, I, I couldn't help but notice your cross necklace. I think I have one just like it from a retreat I was on in high school. Are you Catholic by chance? And sure enough, it was a cross necklace from a search retreat. I went on in high school. He had went on a Kairos retreat, very similar retreats. And it was really cool because I was given the opportunity to say yes in a way that I hadn't in a long time. And I was like, as a matter of fact, yeah, I'm, I'm Catholic. And he's like, well, we have a group of guys that are getting together to play some Frisbee later if you'd want to come. And I was like, man, any chance to go be athletic and to compete, I'm in for. So I showed up, but there was like 80 men there and they were all just different, right? They were competing in a different way. I don't even know how to explain it. It wasn't like 
one thing. It was like the all encompassing thing. It was, they were competing just as hard as I had ever competed before, but it was different. It wasn't about vainglory. It wasn't about something else. It was just to perform, to be as great as I can be in a moment. And in any time that you would, I don't know, catch a Frisbee over someone or something, there wasn't the jawing back and forth that I was used to. It was really lifting each other up. It was really like you made a great play. It was like just, just different, so different. And I think that that's been a mark of my life since then is I've recognized that really the only way to make a difference is by being different, you know? And there was a difference that happened in my life just by encountering those men. And they started investing in me, right? So a couple of them would grab breakfast with me, invite me to morning prayer at their house, which I thought was just like an Our Father and then we're done, you know? But I would always sleep through morning prayer. And so I would be totally flippant on my commitment, but they wouldn't be. They would always be there. And I remember just feeling like, I'm not committing to you like you're committing to me. You have something I want, but I'm too cool and too collected to tell you that, right? But over time, they eventually asked me if I'd want to live in a house with them. And for me, I was still living in the dorms. I was the president of my dorm tower and I was ready to move off campus. And I was like, man, this is an amazing group of guys. Like they're not going to steal from me. We're going to be able to have meals together. Like we can have good conversations. Like this will be sweet. And they're like, yeah, well, if you'd want to live with us, you'd have to go through an interview process before I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. It's kind of weird to go through an interview process to live in a house. And, uh, I entered into the interview process. They asked me a lot of questions about my faith life and I think that one grace the Lord's given me is to be really honest. And I was just honest about the sin tendencies in my life, the sin patterns in my life, the ways that I was living one foot in and one foot out. And I left the interview thinking to myself, like, there's probably no way I'm going to live with all of these like amazing men, you know? But they took a chance. And I remember them reaching out and they said, Brad, we want you to live in the house with us, but we need to, to tell you that for you to say yes, it would mean going to a conference before the year starts called the School of the New Evangelization. Imagine, imagine that. And uh, because I was someone who needed the new evangelization. Mm. And so I showed up in St. Paul, Minneapolis, Minnesota, to make a long story short. I showed up the first night. The food was good, right? They always get you at the conferences with the food being good. I'll tell you what. And uh, we went into a chapel that night. And in the chapel that night, there was incense rising. There were songs being sang. There were people raising their hands and laying prostrate and kneeling. And I was really uncomfortable going in because it was just totaliter aliter is what Aquinas would say, right? It was totally other. It was just so different. And uh, I was in Minnesota though. So where are you going? You know, I, I was there, so I needed to be there. And I think all of us have decisions in our life of being in a place and deciding I'm either going to be present or I'm going to check out. And for whatever reason, I decided to be present. And there was a prayer experience that night that just marked me. It was my first time ever in Eucharistic adoration. And a brother of mine invited me to pray with him and uh, asked if he could put a hand on my shoulder as a sign of support. We prayed. He started talking to the Lord like he knew him, which was different for me. I knew the rehearsed prayers and they're beautiful and they have their place for sure. But to hear someone speaking to the Lord like they knew him was so just different for me. And at the end of that first part of the prayer, he looked at me, he said, I think Brad, the Lord would want to ask you what it is you want from him tonight. And you know, in my head, I'm like, well, did he ask you to ask me that? How does that work? Like he mm -hmm. talks to us. And uh, I was like, I guess I'd want to know that I'm in the right place and that he's here with me. Just a simple prayer, right? The simple prayers are sometimes the most powerful, you know? You've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship, and I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me has been Brad Pierron. Mm -hmm. He is the um, Director of Missionary yeah, yeah, that's Program. Right. Missionary for... Program Director, yeah. Okay. That's right. Very good. At Damascus. I always mess up on titles. <laughs> they're, they're long titles, too. <laughs> um, until next time, peace and all good. A Diocese of Columbus production in partnership with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. 
Hey, parents, you don't need the latest gizmo slang or clothes to be a perfect parent because kids in foster care don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Adopt Us Kids and the Ad Council.